not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, we're going to roll right into our time here with Kevin Harvick, driver of the number four, Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Kevin, this is obviously your last visit here to Charlotte Motor Speedway as a full-time NASCAR Cup Series driver, and I understand that the track has a fan display of cars from your personal collection out for um, fans to view as they come here to watch your race for the last time. Um, can you tell us just a little bit more about that collection and how it came to be here? Yeah, well, we wanted to do something different for for the weekend, and, and I think um, having my first truck that we built in our garage and um, the the IROC car that we actually won the race, uh, won the championship with uh, in, in the last race at, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, we've got the all-star win car out there, and, and so just having a, a unique blend of, of, um, of vehicles and, and just when you look at them and you go through time, you're like, man, really have done this for a long time uh, you look at the vehicles and they look archaic compared to uh, what you what you race today so we thought that would be a you know a fun experience and you know everybody at the at the speedway and and marcus and and really everybody has um you know been a lot of fun to work with and and we have a lot of people here this week um i think we're entertaining 130 people and and have our foundation golf tournament so it's kind of become you know a, a little bit of a of a home home game for us in, in our events and, and fun to see the participation and, and just wanted to do something different this week. Awesome. Well, we'll go right into questions for you now. We'll start right here with uh, Mike Hembry in the front. Sorry. Mike Hembry, Auto Week. You're coming into the final weeks. Are you uh, trying to savor everything a little more? Are you thinking about that? Are you crying yourself to sleep at night because it's almost over, that kind of stuff? Or, or do, you, do you think about that? Well, I mean, I'm excited for it to be over. Uh, you know, I think as I, as I go to each racetrack, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to celebrate and do the things that you need to do. And I'm enjoying the time that I, that I have with the guys and, and seeing and hearing, you know, what they're going to do next and, and how things are going to shake out. And, and it's a very interesting process just because of um, – you know, going to the racetrack and competing, but everybody's, a lot of the guys have been there for 10 years and some of them had, have been there for five years. And um, so it's it's just an, an interesting process to, to go through. And, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously you want to run well and do the things that you do on the racetrack and everybody's doing fine at that. And, and it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting through these, these next five weeks. And, and enjoying it, you know that's that's really for me what it's about is enjoying each each week for different reasons, and and you know we're going to be heavily involved in the in the sport and industry for a long time to come with with several different aspects of it, and and so you know you you, you try to take the driving thing in and and do what you've done for the last however many years, 23 years at the 22 years at the cup level, and and um, enjoy that part of it, but. You know, I think in in my mind, there's 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 I mean, there's just a tremendous amount of stuff that that's already happening for for what we do going forward. We'll go next to Bob. But I'm not Talker. crying myself to sleep. We'll go next to Bob. Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. Did you think NASCAR's decision to DQ your car at Talladega was just, and did you have any feelings when you heard? I mean, obviously, you, you know you. You don't want to be in the middle of those situations, but I don't. I don't really have a, an opinion one way or the other. I can see it both ways, and and so, um, you know, it's it's just um, it's. I, I did my job. I, I don't know any other way to to say that. I did my job, and and um, the rest of it is open for debate as to who did what, and you know, are the rules good or bad or. I don't know. You know, I, I I don't know all the scenarios from from either side. So, you know, I, I hear it I hear it from from both sides and can see it from both sides in in some way, shape, or form. So, um, but I didn't I didn't dig deep into whether it was just or unjust. Um, I just went home and heard the news like everybody else, and and I went on with my week. 
I didn't cry myself to sleep over that either. <laughs> we'll go next to Al Pierce. Yeah, Kevin Al Pierce. Um, a couple, three years ago, you were very high and very enthusiastic about Haley Deegan. She's had a couple of three, four bad years in trucks. Do you still feel that she is, is ready to move to Xfinity? Do you, are you as optimistic about her now? I'll be honest with you. I haven't paid that much attention uh, to, to, be, to give a fair opinion. I pay attention to our guys in our group, um, and, you know, there's, there's eight of them. So trying to keep up with late model races and truck races and Xfinity races, I have, I have paid no attention to the details of what come with that particular situation with Haley. So I'd be a, I'd be a terrible judge. I can be a pretty good critic of the guys that, that we have in our group and, and you know, the, the three that race on our team at SHR. But um, outside of that, I'd, I'd be, it'd be an unfair opinion. All right, we'll go next to Jordan Bianchi. Jordan Bianchi uh, with The Athletic. Uh, kind of putting your analyst hat on, if you will, when you look at the round of eight, is there two, three drivers or teams you look at and say, man, if they don't get to Phoenix, there's they're, they're something wrong? I, I just I don't think you can put it like that. Just, um, you know, you saw the trouble that, that Martin got into with with everything that, that happened to him. Um, and that can happen to anybody. And, you know, I think as you, as you go to any of these racetracks, it, it, it can really – it can really go that way. So it's just an, it's an interesting group of, of tracks um, that in each round it's just interesting in different ways. And I think there's different guys that have different strengths at, at different racetracks. And, and so, um, you know, for, for me, that, that part is, is interesting because, I mean, you go to Homestead and you look at the five and you're like, well, there's really no reason that he shouldn't win that race based upon everything that he's done at that particular racetrack. You know, it's just that's the only one that really sticks out to me that says, okay, if there's one racetrack and one driver that stick out, it's Kyle Larson at, at Homestead. So um, the rest of it can go a number of different ways. Thank you. All right, we'll go next to Deb Williams. Deb Williams, Auto Week. Uh, Kevin, the 2024 schedule came out this year, and you're not having to look at it as a driver now. You get to look at it as a TV analyst. So how do you look at the schedule differently? Do the, oh, heck, why did they do this moment translate into, gee, this is going to be a cool thing to call, or how do you look at it differently now that your role's changing? I look at it as June 9th. What am I going to do with my time? <laughs> I'm going to send Bob a text and say, hey, Bob, what's going on this weekend? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the fact that they keep mixing it up. I like the fact that the rounds are different. I like the fact that the racetracks are different. I like the fact that um, I really like the fact that we're going to Iowa. I, you know, I think as as you look at that, adding another short track and just a unique facility that that you can go and 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 race at. I think it's um, as you as you go and and go to some of those different places and put things in different places. I just I don't like things being the same. I know the first half of the season is, is a little bit different at the beginning, but pretty much, you know, a lot of it's the same, except for California Speedway not being in there and Atlanta being second. And so you, you um, when you look at the playoffs and you see another super speedway race, um, what I would call a super speedway race at, at Atlanta, um, you know, I think that's interesting with the number, you know, two of the ten super speedway races being in the playoffs and the Roval still being in the playoffs and having two road courses. So um, to me, you know, you have four of the ten races that are, that are on non-traditional ovals or short tracks. And, and so, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a pretty high number in, in my opinion. So it'll be fun to watch and, and see how it all plays out. But I love the fact that they keep mixing it up. I like that. I like I like change. All right, we're going to take two more questions. We're going to come up front to Bruce, and then we're going to go back in this corner over here. Bruce Martin with Speed Sport and Forbes. Um, your TV career, what type of analyst do you think you're going to be? You've always been a guy who's not afraid to offer your opinion. There have been some former professional athletes that have gone to the booth and maybe don't offer their opinion as much. But how do you just think you will be – in that role as a commentator because you probably have some 
some pretty good lines that you can use on some of these. Yeah, well, guys. I think I think a lot of the the guys and gals that that uh, drive the cars and work in the garage know that that I'm going to give my opinion and I'm going to tell them what I think and and then if they want to talk about it, I have no problem talking about it either because I'm going to I'm always open to to hearing what somebody else sees because I don't the way I see it is what I'm going to say and. You know, I think as you as you listen and and especially now sitting in in some of the with some of the drivers and and people they see it differently and I think that's great to to be able to to listen to that but it just comes out of my mouth um, with with what I see and and how it plays out and and sometimes that might be wrong but I'm not going to be afraid to to say that you know it just has to be. It has to be sitting on the couch with your friends and, and watching a race and, and telling it like it is. And, and I think that's the best way to go about it and, and be honest about it. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's um, you know, it, it, that, part will, that part will be interesting um, because, um, you know, I think as you, as you watch it and see it and, and talk about it and, and watch it evolve and change, and, and I think to, to me that, that part will be, will be fun but um yeah right is right and wrong is wrong so there's there's no reason to beat around the bush i'm not smart enough to remember what i'm trying to cover up so we'll just get right to it chase folsom frontstretch.com kevin ahead of this weekend nascar made the decision to add stage cautions back to this race and they also moved the restart zone into the chicane what are your thoughts on that and how do you think it'll affect the racing i think the restart stuff has been you know, it's helped help the pileups and in turn one um, on the restart. So I think that's that's worked good at, at the places that we've been been able to do that. I think um, you know, with as much green flag racing as we had in in all the previous stage races and or the pre previous events, I think the stages coming back obviously puts um, some some cautions back into the race and and not having the races. Uh, get so strung out, so I, I think that um, I think that all that that has worked out well. And once again, it's just not being not being shy about making changes when it's not working for the for the the fans, and and just it has to be appealing to watch. I mean, that's the bottom line. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for your yep. time, and good luck this weekend. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. We're going to go ahead and go into our post-race press conference here for today's NASCAR Xfinity Series race. We've now been joined by our race winner, Sam Mayer, driver of the number one Chevrolet for Junior Motorsports. Sam, congratulations on that win. <clears throat> a little bit of a win and advance opportunity for you today, which you definitely backed up. But um, your third victory of the season Talk to us a little bit about those final laps. You were strong much of the day, but really had to, to make a move there at the end. Yeah, our car was unbeatable all day. Like, I really couldn't do no wrong and, and still be out front. So it always feels good to have a good race car showing up to a race that you have to win and get in. Um, obviously, I'm really grateful uh, for everything uh, that JRM and Marty and Aiden and everyone else on the team has done because they uh, – they put in the work and, and put in the hours, and we took what's ours today. So it feels really good to get a win. All right. Well, now go to questions for Sam. If you have one, raise your hand. We do have a question in the press box. I want to start downstairs, then make my way up, and we'll start with John Newby. John Newby, NBC Sports. So three crashes, three finishes, 35th or worse. What were the, you know, conversations like this week and heading into this must-win situation, and what did you focus on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it speaks for itself. Having six points in three races is more embarrassing than anything else. And uh, we kind of went into this weekend like we knew we had to win and get in. There's really no other way. And we kind of just used the confidence of road courses in general to kind of push us to go win. And, like, obviously the conversations were you got to get your crap together. You got you to do this. You got to do that. You got to be perfect. And uh, we did pretty much exactly that today. The only laps we didn't lead today were pretty much because of pet strategy and a couple laps early when the seven got us. And then obviously as like a younger guy, I mean, it would be easy to be kind of overwhelmed in this situation. How did you, you know, keep from having that happen to you? 
Yeah, you know, I think just having confidence in general, uh, we, I just felt good in the race car. Like, I didn't feel like I had to do anything crazy to be fast. I was just faster. Like, the car itself was just that good today, and it feels really good to have an Accelerate Camaro that, that that's that good. And, um, like, myself, I was able to stay calm because I knew the car was that good. All I had to do was take care of it and uh, be there at the end. And Kevin on top of the roof and Marty on top of the box, they, they're really good at calming me down if I ever get too crazy. Today we never got crazy enough to really have to calm me down, but um, it, uh, it all worked itself out today, and I, it's because of everyone on the team. All right, we're going to go to Jacob, please. Jacob Seelman, kickinthetires.net. A uh, couple for you, Sam. I'll start with when you were first coming into the Xfinity Series, you self-admittedly were not necessarily the best road racer. You've got three of these now. You honed your road racing ability a couple years ago in Trans Am. How big was that in getting you comfortable enough to now be, as, as you said on TV, A.J. Homendinger 2.0 at this point? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, so when I first got to the Xfinity car, it's like you're learning a new car, you're learning all these new racetracks that you really haven't gone to, and it's going to take a little bit. But I still had that background in go-karts, and I did quite a bit of uh, road racing in legend cars, so I had confidence on the road courses. It's just a matter of kind of getting the fine-tuning down and getting these my myself kind of in the mindset of how these Xfinity cars race. and. Uh, I finally figured that out. Obviously, the first couple of road races, the last year and this year, obviously, obviously weren't perfect. But we really kind of honed in on what we needed to do. And uh, Marty obviously made a really perfect race car today, and I drove a good race. And uh, road courses are one of my favorites to go to now because I have three wins on them. You've said confidence five or six times since you got out of the car. How big has having Marty back this year after all the success you had in K&N several years ago, how big has that been for that confidence? I think that's about 90% of it right there, absolutely. I mean, having Marty, he, he he's very mellow, and he knows what he can do. He's very good, uh, but he doesn't put himself out there too much to where it jeopardizes himself. And I appreciate that as a driver because he does such a good job making decisions that he thinks of things that I would never think of even as a driver. And um, it worked out perfectly today. There was we, we talked for 20 minutes after qualifying about adjustments for the race and what to do, and I told him that I'm tight here and I'm loose here. I don't know what to do. Where There's no happy medium, and he came up with something, and it, it worked out perfectly. Trucks, you burst on the scene, had the win at Bristol. Xfinity, you came in, and the first two years were not not great. You've said that yourself. <laughs> Was there ever a point? I, I know this year started well, but even that lull before the win at Road America, has there been a point at all in this whole process that you've gotten down on yourself, that you've doubted you know, whether this was all going to work out like it has the last few months? Yeah, you know, like I I think anyone would feel that if they walked into a room and said, I'm going to do something and don't back it up. It took me a while to back it up, and I think I'm finally on my way to doing that. And there's a lot of stuff that I said that I still stand by because I want to be that. Um, but I still have a long road ahead of me. Like I said with Claire a couple minutes ago, it's like I have to go out there and I have to be perfect if I want to be a cup driver one day. I made two mistakes today. Neither of them jeopardized my day, but they they could have. And I need to I need to make sure I'm mentally focused at all times and don't get lazy on myself. And that's what cup drivers are best at is being laser focused 24/7. Okay, we're going to go upstairs to Jim Utter. Go ahead, Jim. Jim Utter, Motorsport.com. Congratulations, Sam. Um, two questions. One of them is sort of similar to Jacobs. I was just wondering, how would you describe this season where you've had your first career win, you've gotten three wins, you pulled off a must-win victory, but you've also had some difficult times, including the three races where you've wrecked out. Just how would you describe this year? <laughs> a roller coaster. <laughs> I guess I kind of say that the last uh, two, three years. Um, but we've we've had a lot of highs and we've had some lows. Obviously, the one low. Uh, that we had was most recent and everyone's going to remember it because it was very 
bad for our playoff run. And we, we did not do our job. I did not do my job. We got in trouble, and uh, we had to come out of it. And we, like you said, had to have a clutch win today, and we did. Uh, it saved our season for now. We have to go out there and, and do the work because we've gotten this far and we've done this much now. We have to finish off. And, and I feel like I'm not pressured to do it by any means, but I certainly have so much want to do it. And I think that the highs and lows of this year has taught me a lot. Um, the good Lord above has, has put me through it, and, but he's rewarded me. Uh, obviously, today is one of those highs. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting through the rest of the year and, and seeing what we can do. And the second question is sort of, I think, related to that. It, when you got out of the car, you said when you were down, it, it taught you a lesson and brought you back up. What was the lesson that you learned? Just to never give up. Like, like they, that off week where the Cup side and trucks were racing at Talladega, we weren't, we weren't racing. I fully stepped away from racing for four or five days. I didn't pay attention to racing. I didn't do anything on social media. I just took my time and, and reset myself. And it taught me a lesson right then and there that I needed to stick with it because my guys, they work their tails off from 5 in the morning until 6 at night every single day of the week that they're here to make these race cars go fast. And if I give up, it's, it's silly. And it's a waste of money. And it's a waste of very important money. Um, and I have to go out there and do the thing. And I came back this week. I, w I showed up to the simulator on Monday, did a couple hours of sim, and I was locked in. I've been locked in since Monday, and I really wanted to do it, not just for my career and, and our playoff run, but for my guys and everyone who puts in the work to make these cars go round. And um, I'm just really thankful for it. The good Lord above blessed me to be in an opportunity where I can go race for a championship with an amazing organization, and uh, I plan on using it. Okay, we're going to come back downstairs and go to Davey, then Bob, then Dustin. Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. So looking ahead to the next round, unfortunately no road courses in there, sorry. But Vegas, you had a top ten there. Homestead, you had a top ten there. Martinsville, you've run really well there in the past as well, obviously. I know that your confidence right now seems to be sky high. With those three races on deck, how do you feel about your chances on potentially getting to Phoenix? Yeah, Vegas in the spring was decent for us. I made mistakes not calling the shots right and, and having Marty make the right adjustments. That, that one was on me, and we finished, I think, eighth. It's good, but it's not championship good. And I think we show up here. Our cars are going to be better. I'm going to be better. Marty's smarter now. He understands his cars more. That was the fourth race of the year, and we still performed decently. We have so much more knowledge now, and I have so much more knowledge now, I guess, too. Uh, that we can go to Vegas and have a really good day. Homestead, same thing. Ran my first race there last year, finished fifth. Really good. Like, like you have runs like that, 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 that can be championship winning stuff. Obviously, busting up a win and not having to worry about points is optimal, but uh, I'm not sure we can do that 100%, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think we can have good runs at each and every racetrack in the round of eight. How bad do you want to get a one on an oval now? I, I literally think about A.J. Allmendinger's quote, saying it when he won Atlanta, I finally won on the Oval. I cannot wait to say that, too, uh, because I feel like I'm turning into that road course guy that can't do anything else. And um, obviously I can run up front, but I can't come in clutch. So I want to do that in the next four weeks is get a win on an Oval. That would be sweet. Okay. We'll get a microphone to Bob and then Dustin. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. In a win-in situation, are you more stressed out when you have a car like today that, you know, as long as you don't potentially screw it up, you're going to win? Or are you more stressed out when you don't have maybe a winning car and you're asked maybe to carry it more? That's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I think, I think they're both tough. I think when you lead laps and you have the confidence because you feel the car, it's hard to kind of mess it up. And obviously we were put in a situation where we had to earn it at the end of this race. And, and it wasn't just a walk in the park. 
uh, it was really, it was almost more rewarding to win it off of a restart because early on I was like, man, restarts are going to be my downfall, and we ended up clutching on a restart. So it feels good to win on that, but obviously if you don't have the car or the capabilities of winning a race that you need to, I think it almost demotivates you before you even get going. And um, I think that having the confidence of going out there and, and leading the laps, getting the pole, I think we just started all the way up there that it was hard to knock us down. All right, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. So what does a laser-focused driver in the middle of a championship hunt who's been focused on racing for pretty much all his life do or go when he's getting away from everything for four or five days like you said you did? Yeah, so I mean, the first couple of days, I, I'll, I, I'm a normal 20-year-old when I'm outside the shop and the racetrack, so I played a bunch of video games, uh, first-person shooters and stuff like that. But were any of those I, racing games or not? No, none of them. Not, not. I didn't. I didn't even watch Talladega. I didn't do anything. I, I turned my phone off of social media. I didn't do anything. I, I was fully away from racing. Um, it was actually my girlfriend's birthday too that weekend on the off weekend, so we actually went to Orlando for a little bit too to get away, and that that was really easy to get away from racing when you're out of Mooresville. So it all worked out really well, and we had had fun there. And I came back on Monday, and I was locked in the zone, like I said. Um, the Cup drivers were talking today about really wanting to watch you guys go through the restart zone and kind of get a sense of that. You um, started at one point in one lane, and then when you, another time in the lead, you switch lanes to the opposite side. Do you have? Can you have more control as the control car, the lead car, in either lane compared to any other track? Or what? What was this restart zone like, and and how were you able to take advantage? It's tough. It it is the hardest restart zone we've had this year. Like I thought, Indy and. Portland was going to be pretty tough, and then we saw this and experienced this, and this was way harder. I'm not sure what it looked like from eighth on back because I think the furthest back I was was seventh or so. Um, but it it was tough. Like even being the leader, like if I pick I picked the left lane early, yeah. and it was not very good because it was so sharp getting onto the big track that you just slide your tires. And I actually doored the eight on one restart and. It was just because I, I had no control over my race car because I was I was in second gear, not spinning the tires, and I just broke free. So it was very uh, right-sided because I, like, the double zero picked uh, left lane on that last restart, and I think it's because he didn't want what happened to the seven to happen to him. So I um I got to pick in the right lane, and it the right lane was way better, especially in the front row. I'm not sure what it looked like from back, but... Um, front row right side was the place to be and when you re all right we've now been joined by our bank of america roval 400 race winning team quite a treat to have everyone here with us at one time we've now been joined by i'll start here on my left we've been joined i should say my right actually um chris rice who's the president of college racing the race winning driver aj allmendinger race winning crew chief matt sordesky hopefully i said that aka squid and um, at the very end of the table, we have team owner Matt Colleg. So congratulations to all of you. Um, to kick us off, we'll start with AJ. AJ, you had um, a great lead there at the end, but we, or I should say, there towards yeah, there the wasn't end. Yeah, there wasn't a big lead yeah, at the end, though. No. But um, also a lot of cautions, a lot of restarts. Take us through some of those final restarts and kind of what was going through your mind. Yeah, I mean, just uh, with the new restart zone, uh, just kind of unique on, on, you know, as you kind of throttle up, we're all going to be kind of bouncing off each other. There's nothing you can – it's so narrow through there, um, and everybody's trying to get it. So, you know, when Ty got me kind of on that initial restart, it showed me what I did wrong. So um, it helped me a lot on the next couple of restarts of, of what to do. And, um, you know, it. I, I thought I thought the 54 might be the best car on, on longer runs there. Um, you know, I felt like we – if if Kyle was behind me, like we had we had Kyle cover on the long runs, because I'd ran around him the whole race, and I knew the 24 had just kind of been lying back there, you know, fourth to sixth all day. Um, so it's just trying to get the lead and, and try to get a big enough gap, because the only thing that we really struggled with was rear tires at the end of a long run, and that's kind of what we were fighting. So um, those restarts 
may have helped the tire life, but I would always have a, a good size, a, a, enough of a lead that I thought I could kind of pace myself, and then you'd have to go through the restarts again. So the biggest thing was is just trying to change it up just enough to, to time it right, and um, you know it's it's track position based. So you know I knew if I could get in the lead, uh, it was going to make it a difficult challenge for them to get around me, and that was just always the focus on those restarts. All right, we'll go ahead and open for questions now with the race winning team here at the table. If you have a question, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you. We'll start with John Newby here up front. John Newby, NBC Sports. This question is for Chris and Matt. During the post-race celebration, you know, AJ made it very clear how emotional he was because of all the anguish, the pain, everything he goes through, you know, trying to help you guys grow. From your perspective, I mean, how much more impactful is it for you when you do see him have those emotional moments, that success, especially on, you know, a track where he's dominated so much in the Xfinity series? Um, so before Matt talks, I'll tell you, um, I've never met a race car driver so passionate about what he does um, in and outside the race car. And I never met a race car driver that cares about an owner like he does. I met a lot of race car drivers, and I've talked to a lot of race car drivers over my life, but I've never met somebody like A.J. Allmendinger. I think he got run through the ringer so many times that nobody ever dug into his life and how he is and how he acts enough to understand him. Um, I'll tell you, over the last month, he's been very um, key and pivotal to everything we're doing at College Racing. Um, he knows everything we're doing at College Racing, and he supports 98% of it, I would say. Uh, he shouldn't support it all because that's what makes you better. Um, so with that being said, it, it, is, it is, when you see the emotion out of me, it's for everybody at College Racing, but it's for him, it's for Tara, it's for his new kid, his son, Arrow. Because five years ago, six years ago, I called Matt Colling and said, let's give A.J. Allmendinger well, actually, Matt called me and said, let's go get the best road course racer in the world and try to go win road course races. And, and we called A.J. Allmendinger. He showed up in a Nebraska shirt. And he didn't know what he was going to do. He had no idea. We didn't have a hotel room for him when he went to Watkins Glen. We got him disqualified two races in a row, and he still came back. He drove home from Daytona when he missed a race, and he still came back. You know, and, and that's the A.J. we love. And... and when he gets emotional and he fires the crowd up, it's about that. It's a, you know, when he fusses us out about winning and not winning and what we're going to do, how we're going to get better. I mean, he called me when our Xfinity cars were terrible this year, and he says, do you know how bad you suck? <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> yes, I do. And I think I told Claire, wherever she's at, it's unacceptable. Like, and that's because that's of this guy. And um, for him to win and for him to be upset, we love it because we know how much he loves us. No, and I'd say I'm super proud of AJ. Even even standing in victory lane and looking at AJ celebrating and doing what he does, uh, I'm just super proud of him. So it makes me um, not emotional, but I'm just super proud of this team and uh, and what they've done. You know, I don't I don't know if I'd say uh, we I don't know what our expectations were actually this year. But I'd say we struggled, and I know these guys uh, feel like they're way better than, than we've actually performed. But, I mean, even being able to get into victory lane um, today, I think puts, uh, is, is really big for this team and uh, for AJ and for Matt and for Chris. Uh, so it's really cool, really proud. So that's how I felt actually just looking at AJ uh, while he was celebrating, while he's doing all the interviews and while he's getting all the pictures taken. Uh, but this guy has meant the world to me, meant the world to our team. And, uh, and that's how I feel. All right. We're going to continue with questions. See if Colony up front has a question. Chris, first over those, uh, those, Final five laps, you had your head, head in your hands a lot uh, watching that. What were the emotions going through you through those final cautions, and how much were you breathing over those final laps? I wasn't. I felt like I've let everybody down. Um, I don't know. I, it, this, 
I don't get upset much. You know, I smile a lot. That's what it's about. But I feel like I've let everybody down. Uh, I've done a horrible job when we started a cup team. Uh, Matt Sadursky believed in what we were doing, and I feel like I let everybody down. Uh, everybody in Ohio, I let A.J. down, and and for A.J. to dominate, it wasn't just he showed up and led the last lap. He dominated the entire race. The pit crews have, have worked really hard at stepping up, and I didn't breathe that much, and I was – Honestly, I've spent a lot of time by myself. You know, I got it's a open mic thing, and I told Squid, and he can just hear me talking. I finally said, I'll just shut up. And he said, no, keep talking. It helps me. And, you know, I, I, I just um, I go to bed every night thinking about how can we make everybody better. And, and today shows that, you know, Matt Collick belongs in NASCAR. A.J. Allmendinger belongs in a cup car. And it's just um, can we win every week? No, absolutely not. But can we contend? Yes, and that's what I was thinking about, and I wasn't breathing. I think I spent, thank goodness for my health, thank goodness for getting my health together because I think I spent the last 10 laps not breathing. And, A.J., for those final laps and uh, knowing how this season has been, the frustration that's gone on with it, um, how are you keeping yourself mentally saying, okay, you know, I've got Ty looking for his first win, William there behind you, Kyle um, trying to get to the playoffs as well. How do you keep yourself pumped up and knowing that, hey, I, I can win this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I try to study a lot of not just, you know, the racetrack and things like that, but knowing where everybody's at in, in the playoffs and, and what they're racing for because, you, you know, it, you're still going for a cup when everybody's going to be aggressive, but there's a different aggressive level and there's desperation and there's things like that. You know, I've, I've loved racing against Ty over the last, you know, what, four years now, 2020, or, or whenever he started in the Xfinity Series. You know, I feel like um, me and him get along great. It's um, I, I, Us going back and forth was a lot of fun. Um, but with that said, I, you know what he's racing for. It's first cup win. I mean, it's hard to do this. It's freaking hard. And, um, you know, I know there's certain teams and certain drivers that get a lot of opportunities to, to go win cup races. But there's also a lot of drivers and teams that don't. So I knew Ty – you know, I thought we raced fairly clean for knowing what we were battling for. I knew Kyle had to win to make the playoffs. I kept looking up at the board to see where he was at points-wise. Um, obviously, I knew William was probably going to the next round. Um, he's going to be aggressive, but maybe not desperate aggressive. So that was kind of what was playing in my head on, on who I was racing around. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's for me, it's about – if I give everything I have, I make no mistakes, and William gets around me and beats me, yeah, it sucks. But I go home and I look in the mirror, you say, yep, better team, better driver beat me that day. The one thing I did not want to do was be that guy that made a mistake and let him by me. And that's something that, you know, this is what we all want, to, to be put in those, those pressure cooker moments. You know, and if uh, these guys know, I struggle to believe in myself every day. It's, it's a dark, it's a it's an ugly place sometimes. I always say I have the best life possible, and that's why I'm miserable every day. Because it's wake up, what the hell are you going to do to be better today? And it's, God, it's ugly sometimes. But it's the way I am. I won't ever change. And those are the moments that I dream of, of knowing, hey, you got the best of the best in the world behind you. It's on you to not let them by. And, you know, I felt like, I made a couple of real small mistakes with the 24 behind me. The rear tires were starting to go. But those last seven, eight laps, that's as perfect as I can drive a race car. And, that, and that's win or lose, but especially win. That's the stuff that you walk in, you walk around with your chest out just that little bit. Because it's very rare that I do that. But just walk around a little bit knowing when it's time, I can be as perfect as possible. All right, we're going to go to Shane here up front. <coughs> And if I can get a mic to Zach in the back, please. AJ, congratulations on this win. Um, going into this race, was there anything that you did differently in preparation or just kind of your confidence level with how strong you've been on road courses? Yeah, me and Squid talked about that. If we won, we might not make Vegas because we're going to be hungover the whole week. <laughs> so we really focused on, on that and where we were going to go to Vegas. We're, we'll be in Vegas. Not sure we'll be at the racetrack, but uh, so we – that was pretty much We've our plan. We've done that before. Yeah, yeah. We didn't make it to the track. Yeah, no. That was our plan, was trying to plan out uh, Vegas if we won. So, uh, no. I, you know, this – we know at, on the road courses that's our best opportunity to win a race. You know, we, we've been good at other racetracks, and 
you know, you run inside the top ten and things like that. But we know that these are the, the races that we can shine. So, you know, I felt like Squid and I and, and the engineers and really all the men and women at Collard Racing, but really us, we focused on, I mean, what did we start, four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, working on the sim, and that's all we worked on. It's like, okay, Texas coming up. All right, we don't care. Like, you know, we're going to focus on winning the Roval. So, you know, I think that's kind of what we did and, and uh, squid. <laughs> He's got a tough job. He's got to deal with me on the radio, screaming at him constantly, you know, how to be better, things like that. Um, but that's what I love about him is it, it there, there's no animosity after a race. There's no ups and downs with him. He knows how much I care and, and how much I want us to be better. And, um, you know, I think that's we put that effort in the last four weeks. And, you know, we unloaded yesterday and the thing was fast. And we talked about it. He made small adjustments. He made great adjustments during the race. Um, you know, especially every team has to be. But, you know, in our situation, you got to be almost perfect in a race like this to win it. And, you know, I felt like all of us, we were. All right. We're going to go to Zach and then back up front to Jordan. Go ahead, Zach. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. AJ, um, going back to the restarts there, those last two, um, Kyle specifically, um, what's the relationship that you guys have with each other? And um, obviously you knew what he was racing for. You kind of touched on that a little bit, but um, especially that penultimate restart, he's able to clear Ty to move into second. Um, how did that factor into um, how you had to defend against him specifically? Yeah, I mean, it's I, good or bad to say, but, you know, I knew the guy I wanted behind me was, was Kyle because we were quicker than him. And I knew if I could get Kyle to second, I could probably just drive away. Um, you know, I Kyle has been fantastic to me um, my whole career. But, uh, you know, when I started driving for these guys, especially the when we, uh, in 2020, with the pandemic and not having any practice, Kyle Busch is a guy that I can call whether I'm racing against him in an Xfinity race or, or cup race or whatever. And I just say, hey, man, I need, I need some advice or how do you drive this place or things like that. And he will call you back and for an hour explain every detail. And there's never a doubt in my mind that he's telling me the truth. Like, you know that he's just going to do that. And I have that respect. And I have the same respect if he asked me a question about, you know, talking to him about it. So, yeah, I knew he was going to race hard. I knew what he was racing for. Um, but... You know, I also didn't think he'd come clean me out or anything on a restart like that. So um, it was just about trying to lead into turn one and not really give an opportunity to let him get to my bumper. And I knew once we could get through a couple of corners, I could clear him and, and start driving away. Um, so, you know, that was always my focus. But, yeah, I definitely was trying everything I could to get Kyle to second on the restart just to, to know that, like, that could give me enough of a gap to just kind of settle in and drive away. All right, we're going to come up front to Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead, Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. This question's for Matt. Um, Matt, yesterday AJ has, has said that he wants to be, in, you know, he'd prefer to be in the Cup Series full time. Um, we don't know about his future next year. Obviously, you guys are about trophy hunting. Why is it not a clear-cut decision to keep AJ in the Cup Series full time next year if that's what you guys are about, is winning races? Well, we do want to win races, and uh, we love AJ. We just haven't all decided. Uh, actually, we just haven't announced yet exactly what we're doing i think we're pretty clear on what we're doing we just haven't announced anything so well, i actually defer most of these questions like to chris <laughs> okay i'll ask chris all right chris will aj elmendinger be racing full-time in the cup series next year wait for the announcement <laughs> okay um and then i don't know if he can do it i don't know if he i don't know if he can win trophies me yeah i mean yeah there's Can you do it? You only, you have like what, 20, <laughs> 20 21 banners for me in the shop? Here's yeah, the right? problem. Yeah, yeah. We don't get to, like, so when he wins, like, we got to work tomorrow. When he won in Xfinity, we could party. We don't get to party with him. Like, he won in Indy. We woke up the next day and he was green because he'd been throwing up. We can't do that now. So, like, we I mean, we got to think about we our can't. life and have a little fun. Well, we got to think. We can't. We got to work tomorrow. Like, sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Coming, looking at it from afar, though, why is it not a clear-cut decision when you have a talented driver who obviously can win at the cup level? Why would you not want to keep him in your, your car? It is a clear-cut decision. We just hadn't announced it yet. Okay. 
And then uh, maybe Matt, you can, or Chris, uh, Chandler Smith, is he going to be returning to the Xfinity Series program next year? Why are you year? trying to rain down? We're trying to, we're celebrating a win here. I got him, Jordan. You're just, no, Jordan, I got it. <laughs> you should talk to his agent. Talk to his agent? Yeah. Because he asked for a buyout? You should talk to his agent. Okay. We also won a cup race today, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we could win if yeah. you talked to his agent. Yeah. All right, we're now going to go to Matt Weaver, please. Right, oh, sorry, right here. Nope, Joe. Matt started this crap this morning. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, Matt Weaver, Sports Night for uh, AJ. Um, you just talked about how the the intensity level that you carry yourself out and how you're never going to change. And uh, I remember you talking after 2018, 2019 about how there was burnout associated with that too. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you live? with that sort of like red line and what is the sweet spot that you have to find to center yourself or whatever it needs to be for you to be at your peak optimal performance? Um, I'm first married to a unicorn. So Tara, it, no, no. And she looks good. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, she's gorgeous. Yes, that's part of the unicorn masterpiece of Tara. So, uh, you know, she she uh, supports me and puts up with all the ups and downs, and she's just always there for, you know, for whatever, you know, comfort, leave me alone, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of it comes from the whole organization, but these two guys, really, and, and then over the last year and a half, or over, well, I mean, I guess we call it two years now that we've worked, we've ran like, what, six races, seven races in 21? Um, you know, and so it's things like that, that my goal has always been, no matter what team I drive for, you know, whether it's the owner or, or you know, crew chief, men and women, pit crew, all that, they understand how much I care. That's, that's the only thing I've ever cared about is for them to walk, if they walk away and they say, you know, what, what do you think of AJ? You know, they can say he's an a-hole and he, you know, he bitches too much, but damn, we know he cares. And that's and that's they know I'm going to lay everything I got. So that's the it's I've been better. And it's because of the really, you know, Matt and Chris, they allow me to be like that. And then when they see it kind of maybe going to the to the dark level of that, we go do something fun and they bring me back and we kind of start over again. So um, but that's it. It's I, I, I just this organization over the last five years. You know, I've said this before, but they've saved my life. Not not just, you know, living day-to-day, -day, but the happiness of day-to-day. -day because if 2018 would have been it, I did some cool things. But there's always a, God, I wish I could have done some more. But because of them, I've won on every type of oval and Xfinity. Got to kiss the bricks at Indy. Um, twice. Uh, you know, we've just done a lot of really special things and because of that they've allowed they've saved my happiness because now if it if they wake up tomorrow and they're like hey you're old and you're done i can actually actually just be happy with everything that's happened now in my career and without them i wouldn't have had that i would have always had that little bit of misery of not doing as much as i wanted and then as a follow-up for chris but really any of you guys can answer because Chris has worked and been around so many racers his entire life, your entire life. Um, have you had to rewrite the rules for how you manage a driver when it comes to AJ? Because AJ is such a unique character. A hundred percent. I mean, I have to not only manage him right, I got to calm Squid down, like on, on Mondays. And that's Matt Sordersky, his crew chief. Like, and yeah, so you, you have to read every person, right? I think I told you this this morning. And you, you got to you got to understand what you're dealing with. Uh, we have five drivers or four drivers, Justin Haley, AJ, Daniel Hemrick, and Chandler Smith, and Derek Krause as our simulated driver, plus he drives some Xfinity for us. And you got to learn how to treat them all. Like, I mean, it's not – I can't treat Daniel Hemrick and AJ Allmendinger the same. They're just two totally different pr people, and they actually probably became best friends over the last couple of years. I think AJ worries more about Daniel's career than Daniel does, and I think Daniel worries more about AJ's career than he does. So, um, yeah, w what I've learned with AJ is you leave him alone when it's time to leave him alone. 
but you also get in his ass when it's time to get in his ass. Like, I mean, he, he, he takes it. But no, that's the way it is. Like, so, like, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the key to AJ is he knows we have his back no matter what. Like, I think, if you think about a stat, he's won a NASCAR race over the last five years. He's won in NASCAR in either the Xfinity Series or Cup Series. He's won one race over the last five years. He's won every single year he's signed a contract for Collie Grayson. That's why we have his back. All right, we're going to go to Jerry Jordan. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires that net over to your right. Um, your post-race celebration up in the uh, grandstands, I'm looking at a photo here. Uh, you were surrounded by every driver uniform, you know, sweatshirt, T-shirt, hat possible. They were all loving on you. And then there's this one guy over there that says an A.J. Allmendinger, uh, you know, uh, shirt on as well, just in case you missed him. But it looked like, you know, that was a crazy scene. What was it like being out there with those fans? And, and what made you think to do that? I actually told Chris that I was going to do it. I said, he said, he, come on. He, no, he said uh, yesterday when I talked to him, he said, what time are you getting to the track? He's, I told him, he said, well, I might be going for a run. I said, yeah, the only run I'm planning is running into the crowd after we're done racing. So, um, you know, I think you see my emotion, and that's real. It's raw. I mean, it, I don't want to be crying on TV, but, you know, it's, it comes down to that's how much I care. And, uh, you know, I, I hope fans respect that. You don't have to be a fan of mine, um, but I hope you respect how much I care and how much winning a race. The, the thing I hate most is watching somebody win a race, and it's because they win too much, and they get out of the car, and they're like, yay, and like, yeah, you know, and you're like, they, they go next. I'm like, okay, that's, that's how you know you win too much, uh, which I don't, don't get me wrong. I'd like to be like that, but um, yeah, it's just just raw emotion. You just want to go up there and celebrate. Uh, you know, I think maybe part of it was the first couple of races I won with Call Racing, I didn't celebrate with anybody. Like, it was, it was a pandemic. Turned around, I was like, hey, all right. All right, good job, AJ. I mean, hell, Atlanta, they weren't even allowed in victory lane. So, uh, just trying to have fun with it. It's, it's things, and as I said, especially kids, you don't have to. You don't have to be my my fan. You don't have to. But you know, I, I think we all we lo all love this sport. There's a reason why we're all in this sport, and it's because you know, at some point in your life, and a lot of it was when we were kids, you fall in love with it for whatever reason. Why? Uh, and to me, to go up there and celebrate, especially when there's kids up there, you know, that's memories. And maybe it's a kid that's never been to a race and didn't really care. Next thing you know, they're celebrate next to a driver like that's it's pretty special and you know i don't think about it you know in the time but it's you just you want to celebrate with everybody you know it's cool to i told everybody come to the start finish line after said all the all the men and women that are here come celebrate with me on the front straightaway and then you go up there and you know it's just about making memories and having fun because you know as i said i don't you don't know if you're ever going to win another cup race so you got to celebrate like it's your last that's why you see why I celebrate. So you never know when it's your last. I spent many years not even coming close to winning. So you're never going to see me get out of the car and do the hey and, and walk away. I mean, it's it's raw emotion. All right, we're going to go upstairs to the press box for a question, please. Hi, Jenna Fryer, Associated Press. I have uh, two questions. First one's for AJ. AJ, congratulations. Um, your emotions are all over the place. You talk about how difficult it is for you and also how much you love it and um, I guess you guys already know what you're doing um, and you're not going to tell us but I'm curious you know you're about a month into fatherhood like let's say you're Jimmy Johnson and you can do anything you want and and you money's not a factor what do you want to do AJ I just want to keep racing with a call racing Chevy you know that's I'm not going anywhere you know, this this will be the cars that I, whenever I'm done driving, you know, they've, Matt and Chris have given me the option of, you keep doing this while you're having fun and you're enjoying it. And I've given them also the rule, keep me in the car as long as you want, as long as I'm bringing something to the race team. The moment I'm not, then, you know, it's fair. We're, we 
I wouldn't say go our separate ways, but you know, we do something different. Um, but yeah, it's that's I love what I'm doing. And when you see me not having fun, it's because I want us to be better. And more importantly, I want me to be better because that's what I put on my, my shoulders is to be better for all of us, to make us better. So that's, you know, that's, what, that's why you see so much emotion come out of me. And Matt, um, this is your second full-time season and your first cup win as a full-time car owner. I, I know you have won a cup race before, but... It, um, is it harder than you thought it was going to be? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I almost talk about it as being um, almost impossible. I mean, that's, how, that's actually how Chris and I talk about it. It's like these things are impossible to win just because the talent level of uh, – I mean, the talent level of everybody on the team, um, the drivers, the crew chiefs, the engineers, I mean, it's the, it's the highest level of motorsports. And so it's it's a really really hard, um, almost impossible thing to do. And you know, w with AJ and with Chris, with with our team, we've actually now done it twice. You know, our goal, honestly, when I got into the sport, what how many eight years ago, nine years ago, um, our goal was to maybe try to win an Xfinity race, like one. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty surreal moment even standing there watching uh, everybody run out to, uh, like, like A.J. said, to start finish line and congratulate A.J. I, I just stood on, on um, you know, on the pit lane or pit row or whatever and just watched everybody. And it's a really surreal experience to say, you know, what – what all the men and women and drivers and everybody else at College Racing have done and experienced. I mean, we just won uh, our second cup race. And uh, just how proud I am of Chris, how proud I am of AJ and of Matt, and uh, again, all the men and women at College Racing uh, of what they've accomplished uh, over the last several years. Uh, but it's just a really surreal experience and I'm really proud of them. I'm proud of them for them. Um, you know, as the as the laps were winding down, you know, when it was 15 to go and 10 to go, and just you were seeing everything play out today, uh, you know, I was just standing behind the pit box just thinking that and, and watching that. You know, I've got my name all over it. There's colleague racing. There's colleague companies everywhere. And there's Leaf Filter, you know, my company uh, that I started in 2005 that's all over the cars. Uh, and seeing all of our sponsors and seeing all the employees that that uh, that have worked for us now for literally years, um, just really proud of them and proud for them of what they're accomplishing. So um, really, really grateful. All right, we're going to come back downstairs. Can I get a microphone to Andrew Curlin, please? Andrew Curlin, Dirty Mo Media. Uh, AJ, this race seemed like there was a lot more action throughout the field, more natural cautions than the last two. Is that a result of racetrack, being an elimination race, desperation? Like, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the obviously the, the stage breaks, they, they kind of bunch the field back up, and, you know, you got the, the saying, cautions breed cautions. Um, but, you know, I think some of it's the racetrack as well. You know, you, it's, it's, especially in the infield, it's easy to make a mistake and, and slap the fence, and um, it's easy to get into somebody. And, and, you know, with it, where we're at in the year, you know, drivers are we're all racing for something, whether it's championship, it's trying to make it to the next round, it's, you know, best position possible in points, or, you know, you're, you're searching for a ride. Everybody's kind of probably on edge. It's a long season. 